Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode number 127 of the Get Around Podcast. My name is Jake Adnip. In the studio with my coworkers, it kind of seems a little different today. Maybe a little bit, but not quite. James Cook, Andrew Rosenthal, we're all in the office once again. And we got good news this morning. Some sort of good news. Northern Michigan has been tabbed to begin reopening from the coronavirus. We have a lot to talk about in today's episode about that. What that means for sports, what that means for us, what that means for you, and uh, what that means for maybe even your plans for Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we're going to get into a couple changes in Boyne City and make sure that we let you know what's going on with their basketball program up there in Rambler Nation. We have a great interview with Josh Burnham, the Traverse City Central Junior who has been making his rounds to the Big Ten recruiting circuit for football. We are going to have a great conversation with him about what it's like uh, to be a Div- Division One recruit and especially uh, get to see all these cool campuses uh, around the Midwest. Or not, because of quarantine. Who knows? Uh, yeah, we'll see We'll see exactly how it goes. Um, that's going to be a, that's gonna be a great interview. After that, we're going to get into the final four of our bracket update, our greatest of all, athlete of all time bracket. We are into the final four. And I told these guys I'm ready for a fight. I'm ready to really talk about this. So we're going to dive in. I'm going to tell you guys right now, the final four is Michael Jordan versus Tom Brady and LeBron James versus Kobe Bryant. This is going to be a good argument. There's a lot There's a lot going on here, and we have to whittle it down to just two. I'm satisfied with the decisions. Oh, no, this is, this is going to be good. I was a little surprised Tom Brady made it, but we're going we're gonna to chat about it because after looking at some of his stuff, we're gonna have a we're gonna have an interesting argument. Make sure you stick around for that. Of course, we are going to enter three new members into the Get Around Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan, and then we're gonna dive into our trifecta. And with the Jordan Doc ending yesterday, I know Andrew was all up about it. We kind of talked about it last week, and I saw him tweet about it this week. So give me another idea for the trifecta: is what Who? documentary do you? want to see next who do you need to be made on it doesn't have to be sports whatever it is like so that had to have piqued your interest what do you want to see next so we're going to get into that hopefully you guys will let us know in the comments who you want to see next and uh, join in on this trifecta with us i feel like it could be really fun really interesting so uh please hop on twitter and the threads and join us in the conversation but without further ado i'd like to remind you this episode is sponsored by jimmy john's with two locations in traverse city or a tasty sandwich today with the jimmy john's app they're still open for grab and go. Who knows? They might even be able to let people in the restaurant this week. While we're on the topic, we went in just the other day. Yeah, you, you can go, go in. in. You can go, you can in, go in and pick up. But I'm saying, sit down, eat your j- sandwich at Jimmy John's. You might be able to do that this weekend. You know who might be able to do that this weekend? Our winner of some free Jimmy John's subs for interacting with our last episode, Kathy Angers, the ex-head football coach's wife, Jerry Angers. We're going to be sending some coupons out to you guys, so we'll get you fed. Maybe you guys can travel down to Traverse City and get some uh, Jimmy John's as the restaurants reopen this weekend. Go see our guys over uh, in Traverse City at one of those two locations. I imagine they can find some in uh, Saginaw when they're over watching some of Duke's games, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, before we get any deeper, let's go ahead. Let's put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world, get into the pulse. Fellas, she announced it. We have a lot of questions, a lot to talk about. It's been about eight weeks since we had our coronavirus episode, right? Lots has changed, and we are, you know, we're moving forward. Uh, we're getting towards the end of May. Basically, the, the, you know, the stay-at-home order in Michigan went till May 28th. And with what she said today, you know, with the regional approach, you know, northern Michigan can begin reopening. 
I want to get your guys' input. I know, Andrew, so you seem pretty excited this morning. Oh, I was jumping for joy. Yeah, you uh, you texted us right away. You seem pretty excited. Um, what I want to start off uh, just in general. What You've been on the COVID beat. We've done a lot of numbers and stuff like that. What is What does the announcement say about the state of Michigan? What does it say about the region, and um, how have we actually moved forward at this point? Well, I really encourage a lot of the – I know you guys, this is a sports podcast, and we really like to talk about high school sports here, but I really encourage a lot of the audible viewers that we have to take a read at a data story I published in the Record Eagle this Sunday. There have been a couple days over the past two weeks where there haven't been any deaths or cases announced in the region. It's also kind of interesting for me to see – Cases are increasing, but deaths aren't necessarily. You look at everyone, the CDC, the MDHHS, deaths have been on a downward trend since mid-April. The number of cases kind of has gone up and down, but deaths still continue to go down. For me, that says that they're testing asymptomatic people. They're finding the milder cases, and that's being included in the counts. And the more severe cases are still there, but the proportion of them is going down. And the number of severe cases isn't over the capacity to treat those people. Yes, We've interviewed people at months, and Jake, you've interviewed people at months, and they feel that this, what they have right now is sufficient enough to treat a surge of COVID-19 in the summer, should it happen. That was one of the governor's gates for reopening to move into phase four. And it makes me proud that the Northern Michigan region has that right now. Now, we obviously have a long way to go. I know the MHSA, we've, we've talked about this. MHSA is not coming back. School is not coming back. You know, the, the buildings are not going to be open, even if it's just as of right now. I mean, technically, seniors would be out of school and graduated by now. The majority of them, um, right, right around this week, would be their graduation week or their last week of high school. Um, and then the rest of the schools would be out in about three weeks from now. I know they're not going back, but I want to talk about what this means for teams, coaches, um, in our area. I want Not even just high school, but uh, the first thing that came to my mind, guys, was the pit spitters. Because... Opening day is about a week away. Is one week away from today, or supposed to be, um, one week away from today. They've already postponed that, but only a little bit as as of what they've done so far. So, James, I know you talked to Mickey Graham today, uh, the mm-hmm. general manager over there, the Pittsburghers. What type of news did he give you with what Whitmer said today? Um, well, one of the things is in the executive order for today. It mentioned makes no mention of sporting events at all. So, uh, it, basically, everything is supposition and guesswork right now but from what mickey said you know he's like you know i think that once we once we pull the trigger and go ahead we could start playing baseball within two weeks obviously uh they're not gonna make opening day they weren't gonna anyway because the league pushed it back to june 1st i mean we are looking at possibility of not that far into june if if depending on what the interpretation of this executive order is for sports you at least know. having it go, maybe maybe no fans. At least. Or limited numbers. Okay. Um, you know, if they're going to apply similar things that they are going to to bars and restaurants, if you can only be 50% capacity, yeah, I mean, they, they can still fit a couple of thousand people in Turtle Creek Stadium, yeah. even at 50% capacity. Yeah. And you, they, they got plenty of tables. Which is of kind seats. of about what they had for the most part of last season until the steam really started getting going on this team and they people saw how much they were winning and everything and the Later in the season, the attendance started really going up. But a lot of those season games this season, you know, there was 1,000, 2,000 people there. I mean, but with no other sports going on, you would assume yeah. it. I mean, being champions, having whatever it is, nothing else is happening. Captive audience. Yeah, I mean, we might even be talking about they could possibly resume before, like, Major League Baseball or something like that, if that's what you're talking about. Because that's a bigger cognition for them to kind of turn on 
uh, with, with professional sports and everything. Mm -hmm. But like you said, they're kind of just able to bring these kids in and go. That's what they do anyways. Yeah. Last year you saw it. I mean, they had kids who they brought in on a Tuesday and were on the field on Wednesday uh, in the middle of July. All the players I talk to are just eager to go. The minute they get the okay, they're going to be here. I think the best case for the Northwoods League in particular is the regionality of it. We're talking Wisconsin, Indiana, Illinois, all states that are relatively within a couple hours drive. You don't have to fly. You don't have to be going through airports. You don't have to be. They normally don't anyway. Yeah, they it's just because of the money. You're not really having to go to New York, California, or some major cities even for that matter. Gary, yeah. I mean, you're still going to be outside Grand of Rapids. Chicago and such, yeah. you know, with Juliet and everything. I mean, there's plenty of places that I'm sure would be different. But once again, I'm pretty sure in the Great Lakes, three of the teams that they play are, two of them are in state. And the other ones are right on the border of Indiana and Michigan. So, like, depending on how they schedule things, it really wouldn't be that much um, if they didn't even cross over into Wisconsin or something like that. Uh, I don't know. Who, could, could this mean a restructuring of divisions or anything like that? I mean, when, there's so many questions that need to be answered. But, man, it's a smile on my face that you say that Mickey says that there might be baseball in Traverse City in a couple weeks. Maybe not a yeah, couple weeks, and there's, but a couple And there's weeks a lot time. of variables, but, I mean, there's a lot of what-ifs. But, I mean, you know. There's a lot of optimism that can go with this. Um, it'll be interesting to see if there's follow-up executive orders as to what they can do for events like this, or or if they're just going to allow people to interpret the one that's out there right now. You know how that's going to go. But I mean, either you could see a pathway. Whereas even as of right now, you know, Traverse City area is open, Upper Peninsula is open, Wisconsin got opened. You could have Traverse City bussing through the UP to go to play teams from Wisconsin and vice and vice versa. Yeah, let's go that now, way. I mean, technically right now we couldn't go down and play Battle Creek or Kalamazoo mm -hmm. or anything because those parts of the state haven't been opened fully yet. Um, but you could get games in in Wisconsin. Just head north and around. Yeah. I want the pit spitters to take a rogue approach, and this is my super creative thing that never will happen. How about you set up situations like the Globetrotters and the Washington Generals where you pick one team maybe in the UP or Grand Rapids and just play them every single game of the season, a couple games here, a couple games there. If you had to, I mean, had, I guess it would be better than nothing. Had the teams out with like a local high school all-star team. Like, why not? That would be cool. Take like some of your best high school players from around here and sprinkle them in and have the pit spitters play inter-squad games. I mean, no one's that happens paid. anyways. It's like, all amateur. People yeah. do Nobody this. loses their eligibility for playing those, for them. And those high school kids, especially the seniors who were missing out on stuff, would probably jump at that. That'd be crazy. Maybe we should ask Mickey about that. I mean, it'll never happen. Probably I'm not. Sure. But, but we could dream, right? Because it doesn't sound like they're going to be that desperate now. No, I mean, but I'll be very, very happy if we can have some form of sport in Traverse City over the summer. Even if they don't allow a lot of fans or whatever. I know we'll be there a lot. If, uh, if that's what's going on, we'll be there a lot, which I'm excited for. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, make sure you stick along with us on the, on the Pit Spitters. I know that you'll be in touch with Mickey over the next couple of weeks, and uh, we'll make sure to update you guys there, especially after our, you know, our hometown champions are going to try to return to the field. I know a lot of people are excited to kind of just get out, and I know sitting in a ball game sounds like a good idea to me. So let's, get, let's talk a little bit more about high school sports, though. Um, I, have a, I got a couple of questions from one of, our, one of our listeners or one of our readers about you know, what this means for sports and kind of how this is going to work. And I want to see what you guys think in terms of what type of regulations are going to need to be followed 
and what type of sports they're going to allow off rip. Because that's two things that I really, I really was struggling with. I don't know if they're going to be allowing contact sports. Yeah, I mean, I could see, um, you know, maybe for football, uh, allowing seven on seven because there's no, there's no offensive linemen, so there's no blocking, there's no physical contact. It's essentially flag football. Yeah, there's no, there's no body on. So you could, so you could maybe do that during the summer. I mean, technically, the schools by executive order are closed through the end of the school year so you can't use school facilities until then but i don't think there's anything on the books that say that after what would have been the last day of school anyway you can't because it hasn't been extended past that and from what i recall from the mhsaa as well is they are going to let teams practice when they weren't supposed to be practicing in the beginning of the summertime they're allowed yeah, to have organized. Yeah. They they basically and shifted the dead period. The dead, the dead period, period is waived. They, they basically shifted the dead period from the summertime to where we are right now because yeah, there is the whole no con- spring was a dead period. Yeah, there, we're not allowed to do that. So that's the other thing is I thought about. So hey, so we reopen and all this stuff. How soon before we have kids, teams, and everything? Even if it's just runners or whatever. I mean, I'm sure there's some runners who are already you know kind of doing their thing or maybe you know social distance running with their teammates or whatever, but. How soon do you think we return to at least practice? We know competition is not going to be back to the fall for high school sports. When do we return to practice? Oh, I think there'll definitely be practices going this summer. I think that, like I said, as soon as that executive order about the end of school ends, you're going to see teams starting to practice. Some some teams will. I think so too. If and, and even if it's not an organized thing, it'll be strength and conditioning in the morning, like there normally is during the summer. Kids getting together for pickup games, going out and running together, things. But I think you see organized practices. Yeah, no, in, I, I in the think, summer. I say by the end of I mean, June, everybody's itching. By the end of June, I think do you're, you're going to see a lot of a lot of coaches and stuff trying to at least rally all their troops. Again, I think mm-hmm. what helps practices, at least for high school sports, is the locality of it. You were only talking the same school, heck, your same neighborhood. But I mean, you could still do something like if you're spread out on a giant football field, yeah, and you've got two or three players over here hitting the sled. You know, not hitting each other, just hitting the sled. You got guys over here hitting the tackling dummies or hitting the tackling rings. You got quarterbacks throwing passes to receivers. You can keep people we'll six see. feet away easy. That, but that's not the that's not it's not even just always about the six feet away because I thought a lot about this when I when I golfed again this weekend. You know, there's Touching the same things. Yes, there's no there's you're not allowed to take the pins out. There's no there's no ball cleaners. They didn't even have they didn't even have trash cans out on the golf courses that I've been out on. Right, because they don't want anybody trashed for them to take care of and pick up or whatever. Like that's the type of stuff that I think about. Like, yeah, there's sleds and tackling dummies and footballs, but you just because you're not touching each other doesn't mean that germs aren't all over everything. Mm-hmm. Like that is just sweat and spit and everything. I mean, I haven't seen a baseball game in the last 15 years that somebody ain't spitting on the ground before they, you know. Take a uh, MLB just announced today. I think in the in their new rules that players are not going to be allowed to spit during games. Oh yeah, it's gonna a, be, I've been amazed that some of their just like, like a total ban on on spitting. Yeah, and and I think some some extent some of those rule changes for regarding hygiene in the MLB are there to stay. They I think they this was a wake up call for them where they realize okay the date the game might not have been the most sanitary even before coronavirus mm-hmm. happened, and you're seeing that across a lot of sectors where of economy-wise and, and labor-wise where people are realizing the old ways of doing things may not have been the smartest. Yeah. 
if you give football players and coaches the options of having a practice where they have to wipe off the sled in between every time somebody hits it and not having practice, let me guess which one they're going to take. Yeah. <laughs> they'll have some. They'll have a dedicated <laughs> sled wiper. Yeah. You get some you got team managers for. I can't think that they would let kids return to competition until everybody's been tested. Right. Yeah, you got to have certain testing thresholds. Like I, think, I mean, like I mean, they, like the state itself is already talking about. They, I mean, they basically want to get everybody possible if they can tested by the by the end of this. I mean, CDC's they're talking about four hundred fifty thousand people in Michigan by the end of May, which CDC's is benchmark is two percent of the population a week. Yeah, but but I mean, they want four hundred. Their their goal is four hundred fifty thousand by the end of May, which is like something like what eight percent of eight percent of Michigan's population by the end of May. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people up here who are getting tested a lot more downstate, but I'm sure I think that testing I basically think you're gonna ha- it's gonna be like a little like COVID form for the fall. You know, they make you do all your health releases and your physical and everything like that. Like go in for your physical and they're gonna test you for COVID. See if you have the antibodies or whatever and if you have it or not or and, you know, they'll they'll see if and then yeah. they'll let you play. Well, that was that was one of those uh, MHSA rules. I don't think that we got to talk about. You had this the slew of rule changes, is they waived having physicals for next year. If you had one taken, if you did one last year, you don't have to have one done this year. Really? Yeah, hmm. for fall sports at least. I would have thought it had been the opposite. I didn't know that. I don't think they just don't want everybody go to the doctor. Everybody go to the doctor and that one-on-one contact and any risk of liability. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not. But, I'm not. I'm not okay with that. Physicals uh, for a lot of kids. Physicals are one of the only times that they really get like a full, full-on checkup every year. Um, I mean, unless they get sick or whatever. I mean, you might go a couple times, but it's always for something. A physical is different. It's way different than it was when I went to high school. That that physical was just so. There was just so nothing to it. I mean, for, I mean, they they do they do. I mean, when I did my physicals, I remember they. At my doctor, they would draw blood. They would, you know, do... Uh, they, see, they never did that with me. Yeah, they would do, you know, blood testing. They would check out. I mean, that's probably with my doctor, yeah. but... they do your heart... They, yeah, they do your blood they, pressure, They do your, your blood pressure, rate. your heart rate, listen yeah. to your heart, listen to your lungs, check your do all that stuff like that. They all turn your head and cough. Yeah. Um, Put some biofreeze on the hand. And that was about it, but I mean, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're still... I don't know. I, I just feel like for... Especially, like, low-income kids... There's not a lot of times that it goes, but if there's something like that, it kind of like gives them a chance to go. Especially if they um, do the free school ones. And I actually, I mean, I know of several people in my childhood who found out serious problems via physicals for sports mm-hmm. um, that needed to be done with then. So I don't know. Well, it's not that you don't have to have one. It's that if you had one last If you last had year. one, yeah. But I mean, I'm just saying that just kind of... No, I didn't, I didn't know that. I don't, I don't really like that personally. I'll say that. I think, I, I mean... I guess, like, yeah, there's going to be a time crunch, really, but, like, the majority of high schools and, and stuff offer them at high schools or whatever. You can't have a, a doctor do, you know, the Maybe they figure the school. doctors are going to be busy. Possibly. That could be another normal. thing. Because there's going to be backloads in a lot of professions, and doctors is going to be one of them. Well, doctors I mean, have stayed open. Yeah, but uh, like anything that's anything non-essential has been put off. So there's going to be a lot of people uh, suddenly, after everything is open, going back to going to the dentist, going to their eye doctor, who haven't been to go there for months. There's got. I mean, there's going to be a lot to work out. But is this the first step towards normalcy? Hopefully, probably. It's a good step. Maybe a good step. I'm happy it's, with it. It's better than last week. All right, we have. Yeah, right. <laughs> We have we have more to talk about here in the Pulse. Uh, we obviously are going to be talking more about when sports come back, so we'll, we'll get into that. Make sure you follow along on all of James's coverage and our coverage in sports at record-eagle.com or in our normal paper. 
we're going to go ahead and talk about our Ramblers up in Boynton City. We got a release today that they made a decision on their boys and girls basketball coaches. James, I know you already had a chance to speak with at least one of them, so uh, I'll let you take it away. I know the boys coach, we, we had his son in here for, what was it, episode 113. So The last in-person yeah. guest, I think. It's been ten weeks for the uh, for the rec- for the uh, get around. But yeah, Richard Richard Calcaterra, Randy, Randy. Okay, yeah, Randy Calcaterra, the founder and teacher for and director of for the Rambler Sports Network, which we've been fans of on this podcast. And you know, Peter told us quite a bit about it. Um, but he's going to be the new boys basketball coach, and then the AD Adam Stefanski is going to be the girls basketball coach. Uh, I know that you said that. When you talked to them, you you said Adam's got some pretty good accolades. What were they? Yeah, Adam was the uh, Adam was the uh, girls basketball coach at Mackinac City, where he was the athletic director at before this. Um, so, and has a pretty good resume as far as that goes. Um, coached the team from 2009 to 19, um, won five league titles, four districts, 23 games in their last season. So. Uh, so obviously they were in a pretty good position as far as being having vacancies during this whole shutdown in that they had people in the building already that were uh, more than qualified for the jobs. And then, you know, Randy Calcaterra was their JV coach last year. Their JV team was 17-2. and two. Um, So they're not, really, they're not bringing back a whole lot from the varsity team this year. They lost a lot of it. Um, but they're bringing in kids from a 17-2 and two JV team. They have three kids back on that got playing time on varsity, um, including Aiden Brem, who's one of their, who, you know, will be one of the better players, mm-hmm. I think, in the area next season. Um, and, uh, you know, so they, I think they should still be all right. Um, he's been the JV coach there for, for quite a while, runs the Rambler Sports Network. He's going to have to And he, and he did the middle away. school program too, didn't he? Yeah, he's coaching the middle school team. And yeah, so he, he's, I'm sure he's already kind of built a little bit of a, a youth program, a little bit of, you know, talent that's used to him. I feel like that'll be a good transition for uh, Coach Calcaterra, now Coach Calcaterra. Yeah, um, and, and similar to like last week when we were talking about going from Andrews to Sneed and wanting to keep the the trajectory of the program going, going from Nick Redman to Randy Calcaterra, you got two pretty I think similar guys as far as their goals and how they want to handle things and do things and, you know, the success that Nick Redman has been able to have over the last decade or so there. Yeah. They hope it will uh, continue under uh, Randy Calcaterra. I mean, if, if the Rambler Sports Network says anything, he definitely uh, definitely has some creative ideas and will let the kids do the work. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's always exciting. Uh, I know... I'll be you know. interested to see the Rambler Sports Network story on the f- founder of the Rambler Sports Network being the coach. Oh yeah, that'll be fun. I'm sure they'll have fun with that. They'll have to. I mean, it'll be it'll be in the fall, I'm sure, but they'll have to have fun with that. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I mean, I think they obviously two quality coaches. Um, we've already talked about just Boyne City as a whole, kind of having an upward trajectory as an athletic program. I think this, like you said, this keeps them on track. If not, possibly. Well, I mean, we could see. I mean, combined last year, the those two coaches, JV varsity, whatever it is, I think they only had like five losses combined. So, Boyne City might have some pretty good things on the horizon. That's gonna do it for the Pulse. We have a great interview with Traverse City Central's Josh Burnham to talk about his time in the Big Ten recruiting circuit and what it's been like for him being recruited during quarantine. Let's go ahead and get a listen to that now. 
The Get Around Podcast is excited to welcome in via telephone to the Get Around Studios, Traverse City Central sophomore, Josh Burnham. Thank you so much for joining us uh, and to chat about your recruiting process today. Hey, thanks for having me. I know it's been uh, probably a little bit weird and everything really starts to kind of kick up at the point uh, in your recruiting process where you are. You just got done with your second year of football and everybody started to kind of get eyes on you. Um, what has it been like for you and how has it changed from, you know, say December when you were getting these phone calls and actually being able to do some stuff to where we are now? Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely crazy times right now. And, like, in December and all that, when we still had school, I would walk by my coaches every day in the halls and we would chat about stuff. But now everything's just over Google Meets and telephone calls. So it's been different. How does that change the recruiting game for you? Since the coaches still can't contact me yet until September 1st of my junior year, mm-hmm. they'll have, they have to go through the coaches. So during this period, they have been contacting my coaches, and the coaches tell me who is talking to them, and they want me to give them a call, so they'll send me their number, and I'll have a conversation with them. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. so I mean, have they, have they talked? I mean, I know that you've been to a lot of different places. From, from what I can see on your Twitter, at least, it seems like you've basically made rounds through the Big Ten, minus maybe one or two schools. Um, what what have you kind of seen is the difference as you've worked your way, you know, up into these Division One schools? How do they kind of approach the recruiting with you in these types of situations? I would say that all the coaches are super friendly, and on the for the places I've been on visits and stuff, the atmosphere around the games and all the fans and everything—it's just crazy. Where have you actually had the chance to physically visit out of who you've uh, chatted with? I've been to Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan State a few times, Indiana, Western, and CMU. Okay, so yeah, you did, did, did quite a bit. Now, from what I saw on your Twitter, at least, it seems like you have got interest from uh, University of Michigan, Ohio State. Um, a couple of the ones that I didn't see so far were like Northwestern or Penn State, I think. I didn't see any of them. I mean, who else has been recruiting you in the Big Ten, or who else have you really been looking at? For my Big Ten offers, I have Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Nebraska, Indiana, Michigan, and Ohio State. Okay. I also have Western Michigan and the MAC and CMU. I have been in touch with and talking to USC, Stanford, Auburn, Florida State, and Notre Dame. Okay. Okay. So that 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 seems like some pretty uh, some pretty big wigs. I mean, damn. Yeah. What is uh. What What is your, I mean, I, obviously there's so much that goes into college decisions and everything like that, but I mean, in your recruiting process, what are you kind of like looking for from these coaches as at least even a first impression? Um, definitely a place where like everyone's treated as family and just like a good fit academically and for sports too. What the, of, of the visits that you've been able to make, um, have there been any moments where you've just kind of been like, Wow. Like when they roll out the red carpet or, you know, put your name on the Jumbotron in the stadium or something like that, you know, what what are some of those moments where you've just kind of just been like, dang, this is pretty awesome. Pretty much all the Big Ten, it's just crazy to go and see all the different, like, stadiums. And, like, when I was at Michigan State, that was one of the first ones I've ever went to. And we got to go on the field, and we were literally, we could probably reach out and touch the players and stuff. And that was just, like, a crazy feeling. I mean, like, just being able to sit through the games and just 
see all the fans and how they react and everything. It's just gives me chills. <laughs> mm-hmm. What what's it like when you're like uh, when you're there during a visit during an actual game? Do the do the do the players for that team and like recognize or know who the recruits are or anything like that or acknowledge you guys or is it just like not much re- interaction? Usually, there's not much of interaction because like they'll be on the field doing all their pregame warm up stuff and all that. But before that, we would um, like I talked to few head coaches whenever we were on visits and got to see all like the position coaches and it's been cool now i know you know we we were pretty high on your game this past year you know i remember seeing you play you know both you know defense especially but both you know defense offense you're able to kind of like spread yourself around let's talk about your high school career you still have two years left of your high school career and i know that um, you know, Coach Sugars over there is probably going to use you to your fullest potential. Um, what are you looking to get out of the rest of your time at Traverse City Central, and how, how are you looking to, you know, use it to your advantage to really make this next step? I mean, I'm just going to keep playing every game one at a time and just try and help my team the best I can no matter where I'm playing. And, I mean, the overall goal is to keep winning the BNC for these final two years and Try and take home a state championship. Now, if if I, if I recall correctly, when you came in last year, you were also in competition for the quarterback job, right? Yes. Is that going to be something you're going to be trying to do this year? Yep. Okay, okay. So really get to show off that athletic prowess maybe with the ball in your hands a little bit more. Yep. Okay, okay. That sounds like fun. Um, what, what, what have coaches said about your athletic ability, or what have they noticed uh, in the first two years, or what do they tell you when you visit, hey, this is what we're seeing and what we need you to improve upon? For, like, the defense and stuff, I've talked to some linebacker coaches and stuff, and they like how, how I play. Like, I play fast and physical, and I try to do that every play, and it stands out to them. So, yeah. Obviously, you know this is a this is an unprecedented time. Has there been a different approach um, by yourself or by coaches um, with this time off? I know that you obviously you can't be with coaches, you can't be, you know, working out with teammates, you can't be throwing the ball really to anybody, you're catching the ball from anybody. I mean, what has it done for your process having this much time off? Yeah, it's definitely been something to get used to because, like you said, we can't like any of our coaches or do anything like that but I mean I've still been working out every day during the week and doing some speed workouts and agility stuff at like the middle school and just wherever I can. So I, I, I don't expect you to have like a, a list of who your front runners are or anything like that but I, what uh, what are qualifications for schools you're looking at other than you mentioned you know wanting to be family and mac- match up academically are you are you looking to stay in like the Midwest or are you open to going anywhere are you looking at a specific conference that you'd like to play in or any, any kind of goals like that? I'm not really like 100% sure right now but definitely somewhere where my family can come see and just where I can benefit the most, like, academically and physically and just trying to get as much playing time as possible. All right, now, there's there's obviously, you, you've talked to quite a few people. I know this is still actually pretty early in your process. Um, when, do you, when do you expect or when do coaches expect you to make an actual decision by? I've been thinking about it, and I'll probably do it the 
end of next year. I'm, I'm sure you'll actually want to get out to the campuses more and actually have a little bit more of yeah. those experiences, especially with some of the – because I, I noticed with some of the ones that you've getting offers from that you mentioned – you didn't get a chance to quite see them yet, so I'm sure that's that's in the cards for when this is all over. Yeah, and I know you mentioned obviously some Pac-12 schools, some SEC schools that you've you've been in contact with at least since we have talked a little bit about the Big Ten, and we all kind of know about what they're all about. What would allure you to to make that distance, to make that trip, to go to the Pac-12 or to go into the SEC and try to play football? I'd be up for it. I think it's a great experience and a great opportunity. So I guess we'll just see what happens over the next few years, and yeah. Now I know a lot of college coaches. I've heard back and forth, but I know you're you're a multi-sport athlete, and you'll you'll continue to do that through high school. I assume. Have has anybody in football asked you to do anything differently? Or do they really do they like that you're a basketball player and that you run and do all this as well? Yes, all the coaches like it. it seemed that like players are multiple sport athletes. It's definitely something that they encourage mm-hmm. what the and just your own opinion what do you think are the odds that you uh guys will be able to plus start playing high school football on time i mean i'm hoping for it that's for sure we're planning on it so yeah the news today was at least a, a little step in the right direction for our area at least yeah um what have been the uh what have been the conversations like between you and coach sugars about uh, what he expects from you as you step into that upperclassman role, as you become one of the, the forefront leaders on the Trojans. What is Coach beginning to expect for you, especially when eyes are starting to kind of gravitate towards you? Definitely being a leader and just taking responsibility and just making sure everyone on the team is you know doing what they're supposed to do. And if not, uh, just be encouraging them and like yeah, helping them out any way I can. Alrighty, Josh. Um, I think we have pretty much everything. We need. I mean, is there any is there any really cool tidbits about any place that you've been? I mean, was there anything that really like dropped your jaw when you when you walked through the doors or you opened into, you know, you walked into the weight room in Iowa and you were just like, "Holy crap, this is something crazy." Yeah, I mean, it's really been like that for every place I've gone because they're all just like top programs and the facilities are top notch. I mean, every Everything, like any room you go into, it's just, wow. So, I mean, I wouldn't say, like, any any's on top of another, but... I'm sure it's a lot to take in. Yeah. Take a notebook with your next visit and make sure you, uh, you really remember those, because I'm sure trying to compare whatever 15 different colleges mm-hmm. on 100 different points is going to be exciting. Take a lot of pictures. Yeah, right? I, th- I threw up yeah. my first college visit. You, you threw up? Yeah. It oh, was, my gosh. I was that nauseous when I got onto the campus, and I was like, nah, man. I could never go to this college. I puked the first thing I did when I walked up. University of Illinois, Urbana Champagne. Oh, man. All righty, Josh. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. I know uh, it's going to be you know, a little bit weird here going forward, but wish you the best of luck. Keep up the hard work, and uh, hopefully we get to hear some really big news out of you in the next year or so. Yeah, thank you. And I actually, I have one more thing to say about earlier, like how it's different. Sorry. Like oh, you go for it. This but um, during this during this quarantine break, I've actually been like on Google Meet calls or FaceTime and stuff with um, the linebacker coach at Ohio State, and we've gone over like defensive, like uh, I mean, I guess 
like how they do their stuff and just watching some film and stuff like that. Yeah, so going over the playbook. Really cool, like connecting with all the coaches. Actually, kind of like mm-hmm. getting in depth and kind of feeling as if you're almost part of the team right then. I bet it's easier. Yeah. For, I bet it's easier for them to not have to hop on a private jet, and you can just do it from the comfort of your own living room. But I'm sure. Would you prefer being able to meet somebody in person and do all of it like that? Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, the difference. And the um. Actually, how I got offered by Ohio State was we we were on a Zoom call with a ton of different Ohio State coaches, and actually Ryan Day was the one that congratulated me with the offer. Oh, so okay, that that's pretty that sweet. Cool experience. Awesome, awesome. So mm-hmm. straight from the head coach. That's that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, Josh. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you, man. Uh, best of luck over the summer, and I know we'll be talking to you soon. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Another huge thank you to Josh for joining us during what hopefully is the downturn of this quarantine. I know he's excited to get back out on the recruiting trail and get back uh, onto the football field for his junior season in the fall. Uh, that's That interview is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's freak yeah. Fellas, you know what that means. It's time for the fight. The fight of a lifetime. I don't know. I don't even know if you guys are as passionate about this as I am, but we I'm are not. in the final four <laughs> of the the greatest athlete of all time vote. And the GOAT vote. The reason why I'm so excited is because the conversation that we get to have today is a conversation I've had a lot of times. The final four came down to Kobe Bryant versus LeBron James and Michael Jordan versus Tom Brady. Just for reference, and our Elite Eight, I want to run through those real quick. Jordan beat Wayne Gretzky in a landslide, 82-18. to 18. But the last dance is over this week, so he might not be getting the bump anymore. Who knows? Tom Brady beat Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, 68-32. LeBron beat Bo Jackson, 65-35. And Kobe beat Magic, 61-39. So these all seem like they, they had a, a pretty tight stronghold on their match. Seems like they were... Decisive. Almost, yeah, surefire final fours. If you look at the uh, at the at the votes, I was still a little surprised at Tom Brady, but I got his stats sitting here in front of me, and we're gonna chat about this a little bit. I want I, let's talk about the first set since we're looking at the bracket left to right. Michael Jordan beats Wayne Gretzky. Tom Brady beats Kareem. Now they face off. I mean, this is tough. Tom Brady's on a lot better in this in this vote than I thought so, but Tom Brady twenty years. With the New England Patriots, has six Super Bowl rings. Obviously, the only thing about Tom Brady, and the same thing goes for Michael Jordan, both of them could be possibly the greatest players in their sport on basis of rings and accolades, but neither one of them actually hold like the top spots in the record books, right? They were just dominant for so long. But and but and they were winners. Once again, they, Michael Jordan isn't first on the all-time scoring list or first on the all-time assist list. I know he's pretty far up there in steals. Um, same thing. He might be top five in almost every category, but especially in his position. But he's not at the top of the record books in almost anywhere. Same thing with Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees. A lot of these guys still have 
much better records than Tom Brady ever has. Patrick Mahomes is up. He's going, going to get there. I'm, I'm, don't even disrespect Tom Brady like that right now. I can't lie. I, I don't even like Tom Brady. Leave him out of the conversation. He's been in the league for two years. He was out in the first round. Get him out of here. We're talking about Tom Brady and Michael Jordan. I mean, I think that Tom Brady has a fighting chance here. Six Super Bowl rings is no joke. I don't right? think he has a chance. I do. Six Super Super Bowl rings is no why, why not? Is it just the jock? Yeah, to be honest with you. That, that, I need a better reason than that. I need a better reason than that. I'm serious. I need a better reason than you saying a, a documentary for Michael Jordan is going to make him the greatest athlete of all time. The thing with Jordan, he had good teammates yeah, and, <laughs> that made him better. Yeah, Tom Brady yeah. did too. The thing about I noticed about Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Kobe, even LeBron, they all have like that attitude, right? That killer instinct, that attitude. Mm-hmm. Like t- Especially now, like Tom Brady has the TB12 or whatever. He's like, yeah, dude, I'm 40. Everybody thinks that this guy's like found the fountain of youth or something. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Played well past when Jordan actually played in his life. Um, you know, age-wise, I mean, this guy is a, a physical specimen. This is a good athlete. This is, I mean, I'm, I'm the 14-time Pro Bowler, three times All-Pro, and just don't forget, like, he gets voted to the Pro Bowl all the time, but the other six are what his Super Bowls? No. <laughs> Um, three times All-Pro, six-time Super Bowl champ, three-time NFL MVP. There is not a lot of people who have been the MVP of the NFL three times. No. 2007 All-Players, Offensive Player of the Year, 2009 AP Comeback Player of the Year. That's hilarious. I'm, um, I'm just surprised that you're going to bat for Brady. I'm so not. I, I, I'm expecting you guys to bat for Jordan here. I am not the biggest Michael Jordan fan. I never got to see Michael Jordan play, and I've heard a bunch of... I saw Michael Jordan play a lot, and that's part of the reason why I'm not a Michael Jordan fan. Well, I mean, who are you, who are you pining for here? I mean... I'm just going to go for Jordan because, I'm sorry, I don't really have much of an opinion on this one, like an analytic standpoint like you did. I, I, I saw the doc the first time I was really seeing Michael Jordan highlights, and I'm like, yeah, why not? But, but that was my point, but you've watched Tom Brady in the flesh your entire life dominate but football, but a, a, a ten-week documentary or ten-episode documentary is enough to tell you that this guy's better than everybody else? Because, Jake, the way our viewers vote is that way especially. You I'm not see worried, something and you're like, you know what, I you? like Michael Jordan. You immediately say that he's the best ever because you watched that ten-episode documentary. Not really. Yeah. So then, like, but what? unfortunately, a lot of people are going to vote that way. That's fine. I think that's fine. I think, <laughs> but that's why I, I want to have this gonna, conversation on this podcast. Yeah, I think that's going to affect the vote. I mean, you know, in that there's the documentary, there's the recency bias. There's, you know, if the final is Jordan and LeBron, which one is which one is uh, out there politically, and which one's not? There's some people that are going to be offended and snowflake by that. They had that conversation uh, in SVP too. But this is about this is about about, about my vote. I you know I don't I don't Tom care Brady about I don't care about that stuff. Michael Jordan, yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, I'm looking at all this other stuff. That's what I mean. I mean, Tom Brady is he's going his 21st year. To me, Tom Brady versus Jordan is a toss up. It really is tough. Well, here's yeah. the, here's the one comparison that I'll kind of draw here. Both Tom Brady and Jordan had really really strong teammates and offenses to go to back up them in their stats. You can see the mm-hmm. same for Patrick Mahomes and Brady and that's what a lot of people at least in the Kansas City radio spectrum have been saying is how I'm not they, talking about Patrick Mahomes. I, I know you are about Tom Brady. But I'm also comparing a football player to another football player to try and put this in context just like we talk about Ron and compare I still think you're Jordan. wrong though. Tom Brady has not worked with like a super amount of like crazy good people. He's never had a solid running back behind him for more than a year. 
So there's never been that much of a game. It's always yeah, it's always like, a running it's back short, by yeah, committee. It's kind short, of like it's it's different guy every year. I'm telling you, the only person who's been a constant in his career is Julian Edelman, who's no longer there. And now Gronk, who's gonna be back in Tampa Bay to play with him. I just I feel like Jordan had more help and Jordan played in a different time as well. I'm probably one of the only ways you can really knock Tom Brady is to say that, oh well, he's always had Belichick. But that he's had that same knock on Jordan yeah, with, and then with he Phil went Jackson. To the Wizards and boom. He had a couple years at the end of his year. We'll see what happens with Tom Brady at the Buccaneers. That'll be remaining to be seen. Yeah. Crap, if Tom Brady goes and plays three, four years with the Buccaneers and, like, takes them to somewhere, you know that he's literally yeah. all that. Yeah. And when, when Jordan came back for those last two seasons with the Wizards, one, did he not have he not, did not have Phil Jackson. But, I mean, he was, yeah, it was Michael Jordan, he and he could, he could, he could still score and everything like that. But at the same point, it was a little bit sad. Yeah. I mean, dude shot under 20% from three-point land for a season, for a whole season. Tom Brady would have to go and to throw a negative touchdown-interception ratio in this year's season, the next two seasons, for him to have some type of tank like that. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's a lot closer than just saying, oh, there's a, there's a documentary up for Michael Jordan, and Tom Brady just is going to get washed out. I don't think so. I don't know who I'm going to cast my vote for, but I'm just telling you, I don't think it's that easy, and I want our listeners to think about that. LeBron versus Kobe is not really that much easier. I can't wait. I think that'll be a pretty split vote too. That's the one that I'm ready to argue out even more. He doesn't have any records, Tom Brady, really, except for games started, playoff games, playoff wins, rings, rings. Wow, he has 22 rushing touchdowns in his career. That's insane to think. I mean, not quite, not quite, but (laughs) yeah, especially when you look back and you look at those pictures of him on uh, at the combine, that doughy, right, future sixth round quarterback, and like the boxers. Oh my god, that's the other thing. He wasn't the third overall pick like Michael Jordan was. He wasn't Michael Jordan before Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan. Tom Brady came out of the University of Michigan relatively unthought of and made himself into the career that he has. Keep it in mind to our please, please keep it in our mind, our audible viewers. I do not want you to be swung in these final votes by Michael Jordan. I knew he would make it this far, but just because the last dance is so in your head, please do not be swayed. Hey, Audible viewers, I would like you to be swayed by his documentary and, and to make your votes final. I think that Michael Jordan was one of the, like Barack Obama said at the end of the documentary, he changed the culture of American basketball during the 90s. He made, Michael Jordan's impact on the sport, of on sports as a whole, went far beyond what he did on the court. You can't say that for Tom Brady. You can't say that he was the star that made Europe or Spain interested in football because I'd maybe not maybe not in full. I'm not saying, anything, but he he definitely has been an ambassador for helping them get the late games to London. The New England Patriots are one of the biggest worldwide brands in the NFL because of their success and because of Tom Brady. But I think the Chiefs are too. The Chiefs are huge in in Mexico. The Chargers are huge in Mexico. But I I I definitely understand. I get that. It's up to our it's up to our voters. You guys you guys get to vote, so make sure you hop on there and uh, get in on the vote on our Twitter at TCRE Sports. That is the one side of our final four. Now we're gonna get into the other side. This is the one I actually care about. So you thought I, I was screaming about Tom Brady. This is the one I actually care about. Because I've had this conversation for years and years and years and years and years. And I've I said this a second ago. I didn't think Michael Jordan is the best basketball player of all time. And everybody always came up and tossed LeBron. And they skip over my boy Kobe. And we're sitting here with him in the Final Four against LeBron to go up against either Tom Brady or Michael Jordan in the Finals. I think Kobe Bryant is the best basketball player of all time. I've said this for years, and I've always loved it. 
just purely by himself, I still would take Kobe Bryant in a one-on-one game against LeBron James. I would have taken Kobe Bryant in a one-on-one game against Michael Jordan. In all their primes, I would have taken Kobe Bryant out of any of them. Uh, I mean, Kobe Bryant is a a five-time NBA champ, two-time NBA Finals MVP. I can't believe he only has one actual MVP, but Steve Nash got two in a row when he had both the scoring titles at like 33 points a game. So that's a conversation for another day. But 18-time All-Star out of 21 seasons, 12 times All-Defensive. Right, we know the legend of Kobe. At least I know January was rough. I had a rough time with it. Everybody, twenty twenty has been rough. I know. Like when somebody put that into perspective, I was just like, "Holy crap!" Like there has just been a lot. But his his passing, I feel like you know might have helped him out in the vote a little bit. But I watched Kobe my entire life. That's the basketball I remember. Um, that's who I remember doing more for the game. And this is what I'm saying is. You talked about Michael Jordan. When we go when we go back and look at Kobe's career, Kobe might have done more for the game than Michael Jordan ever did. Because Kobe Kobe Bryant was like the person outside of the game that was able to like do that. I, I don't in agree China, with that at all. in China, in Asia, Kobe Bryant. They have they, statues of Kobe Bryant next to Yao Ming in China. They did different things. I'll say yeah. that. Michael Jordan's yeah. extent was really international. Like he he kind of put this on a world's perspective. Kobe kind of put this on a city perspective. When he was big in the NBA, that's when L.A. was kind of recovering from its phase where it was the bad place in America or L.A. Various bad bad things happening there, you know. Yeah, and the Rodney King beating and the O.J. riots. That's where I was going from. All that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I mean, you you had like the Magic Bird era in the 80s that really put the NBA on a different level yeah. than it had ever been before. And they, needed, and they needed somebody else to take the reins from those guys, and Jordan did. And then Kobe said, and then, you know, I'm going to build off of this. He, he said that in the and documentary. Yeah, and he did. Yeah. And that's, Kobe, Kobe kind of so, swung in after Jordan and took that role from Michael Jordan. And, but I just feel right. like he did but more I'm saying, for the modern but, game of basketball. But I'm saying it was already there. I mean, yeah, it, it, it was here. It was here with Magic and and Bird. It went up with Michael Jordan and Kobe. Kept it there. Yes. Oh, I I would disagree. I mean, the NBA is more popular now than it, and not even just with LeBron in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. The NBA. Yeah, was more but the differences in those was. levels are not as. Large. I'd have to see actual. I understand I, what I, you mean. I think. I guess yeah. You know. I, I guess in a theory, in theory, string theory. But let's talk about him against LeBron. All right. I'm just arguing for Kobe here. I don't know if you guys. If you guys think LeBron is a better basketball player, like I, I've said this on this podcast, I think he's like the greatest physical like specimen. But I'm voting for Kobe over him on this. He's got more rings. He's got it, it, he's, he's still higher than him in the record books on a lot of these things. Um, I don't know, guys. Do you have any argument for LeBron? Because I'm not making one. Even when you put together the big three in Miami, LeBron's never played with. I don't think the uh, the same level of players as Jordan or Kobe. I disagree. Disagree wholly. Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, he has Kyrie Irving, uh, Kevin Love. I mean, even now he's in L.A. with Anthony Davis. He has yeah, people came, all Kevin around Love, him. Kevin Love's not a game changer. Kevin well, Love's Kyrie, Ir- Kyrie Irving is. So if, if, if Kobe had Pau Gasol. I don't think that Kyrie three, Irving is everything that everybody's made him out to be. But you know. uh, Kyrie Irving's pretty good. <laughs> okay, it's, so it's weird here's, he, here's, here's my thing about LeBron. You take LeBron off the Cavaliers – and they don't make a whole lot of other um, major roster changes the year he, when he leaves. Mm-hmm. 
after they went to the had their string of run into the finals. The Cavaliers are picking number one the next year. Jordan leaves the Bulls, and they don't make a whole lot of other things other than they add Ron Harper, I think, at shooting guard to replace him. The Bulls still win 54 games. Everybody else also left the Cavaliers when LeBron did, though. No. He was the only major guy. Dwayne your, left. Your boys, your boys Love and Kyrie Irving were still there. Kyrie correct? was gone. Oh, Kyrie got traded, but they yeah. had Isaiah. But the same, uh, basically the only cha- major change in that roster from the one year to the next, when they went to the finals and when they picked number one, was LeBron was gone. And I mean, I, I, I see the difference, but you can even just look at the Lakers when LeBron came to L.A. just recently from Cleveland. The Lakers were the bottom five team in the NBA, and in the process of two years, they not only have more people there with free agents and everything, but they are back into a playoff contender. Yeah. Uh, just because LeBron has been added to the team. They've made a lot of changes at the Lakers right now. Absolutely. But still, I, I can see that argument. Because wherever LeBron has gone, he has made that team exponentially better. Mm-hmm. There's been some times where he's had stars with him, like Wade. You know, Bosh, I, I think, is on a different level and everything. But you look at Jordan, and the if you watch the Bulls play back then, the amount of talent they had surrounding Michael Jordan was... Phenomenal. Yeah. Was phenomenal. Scottie Pippen was the second best player in the league behind Michael Jordan for a decade. You know, uh, they had so many they had so many guys at center they I could mean, just roll yeah, at Steve you. Steve Kerr with the highest three point percentage. They ever, always like, yeah, every year they brought in three point bombers like BJ Armstrong and, and Steve Kerr and stuff to, you know, to just keep the lane open for Jordan because that was what his game was, was taking it to the taking it to the rack. He was never a great three point shooter. Mm-hmm except for the three seasons where they reduced how far the three-point line was away. He's got a nice long that's when That's when he made his money. on the t- all of, Almost all of his uh, seasons where you can just see it in his percentages. The years where they made the, the NBA three the same almost as the college three, his numbers went way up. I'm just going to look at these accolades real quick because I just was looking at them side by side. And this is another thing that it doesn't surprise me and why I'm voting for Kobe over LeBron. Kobe, 12 times all-defensive. LeBron, 6. All right? Um, LeBron has only had one scoring champ- champion. I know LeBron's not always, like, 35 points a game. You know what I'm saying? He's solid for, like, 28, 10, and 12. He's a really good bad league. There ain't nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. But he has one scoring title. And literally, I mean, everything else except for the MVPs for LeBron is underneath Kobe in the accolades department. I mean, LeBron still has... Five more years until he plays 21 years, I believe it is. So he's got five years to kind of catch up mm-hmm. to all that stuff. There's some things that he just will never be able to. But Kobe Bryant wasn't just a scorer. Kobe Bryant was the best basketball player I've ever watched play basketball. So I say Kobe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We haven't made many arguments I, for LeBron. And I'm not ripping on Kobe. No. Or anything. I just had you give me one or you give me LeBron and a choice between LeBron and Kobe. I'm going to take LeBron. If you if you gave me Kobe, am I going to be unhappy? No. No, I'm taking Kobe <laughs> over LeBron. Like that's I am taking like Kobe over LeBron. If you put me on like, my like LeBron, one black LeBron is just team. LeBron is just. A, if, I mean, skill wise, they're like the same. You would, yeah. you'd say right? Yeah, yeah. But he just a, he's a better physical specimen. Exactly. Boom. I understand. I understand that. But <laughs> they have the same abilities. I just he, LeBron might be a bit more explosive. You know, hey, I mean, I've seen I've seen plenty of three sixties and windmill dunks from my man Kobe Bryant. I've seen him throw alley oops mm-hmm. off the backboard to himself. It just was two thousand five. It's a little bit different than it is in the social media age, where you see it played on Twitter three hundred times before the end of the night. 
I, w- I so wish the NBA could get actual stars to be in the slam dunk competition again. I, I feel like they do that on purpose now. I feel like they've like made the switch. How good would it be though if you had a, th- a slam dunk competition with Kobe in it? Back, oh, it back in his back in his prime, it'd been fantastic. You know, I mean, back in when it, when the slam dunk competition I think was better because you had stars in it. You had Jordan competing in it. You had Dominique Wilkins competing in it. All these guys, and you know, it was it's better. Now you have these guys who aren't even starters on their team. I will say this about <laughs> LeBron, and this is my I always love to play devil's advocate. I was known for that on my student radio. I was be I would always be the guy that would always argue the other way, regardless of what the topic was. LeBron's LeBron. He had its a he was the Shaq after Shaq. He had its own he was like partnering with Gatorade and his face was all over he had his own Gatorade. S- simple as that. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I I I'm voting for Kobe. Sounds like you're voting for LeBron. Where are you going? You're saying LeBron's LeBron? I'm saying LeBron's LeBron, so I'm going to vote for I, LeBron. God, I just such a terrible argument. Look, Jake, every team LeBron has been on has been successful. Kobe was only on one team, and he won five NBA championships. Okay, if Kobe was traded to the Cavs, how would he have done? He wouldn't have been traded to the Cavs because Kobe was dead. Kobe was Kobe. Kobe ran his own life just like LeBron does. There was no way that anybody was going to get rid of Kobe Bryant out of L.A. It's just weird because, like... If LeBron wanted to be in Cleveland right now, LeBron would be in Cleveland right now. But he's not because he already did what he had to do there. The team LeBron was on was a contender for the NBA title for the longest time. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you had LeBron, you were in the finals. Yes. No matter who else you had on your team. I mean, who... S- some of those Cavs-Warriors games were some of my favorite... Memories of being a sports fan, and I don't even follow him, the NBA that much. And it was almost five on one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know because wasn't Love was hurt and Kyrie yeah, I, I was hurt, was, uh, and man. they still did it one year. I don't they know. They still I, made it happen. Yeah, he dragged him there. That's that's the other thing. Uh, that's the other thing that impresses me about LeBron is that he dragged teams. You guys are teams. just forgetting about Kobe, aren't you? Kobe literally no. had to win games by himself so over did LeBron. the Los Angeles Lakers. He literally would play with broken hands and fingers for three weeks at a time with no one else on the court around him just winning games and taking them to the finals. And LeBron just because got- LeBron was in the Eastern Conference facing the Pistons every year, so he just had to get to the Pistons. You realize that Kobe went to, like, what, nine finals? Maybe ten? He lost... Half of them? Sure. Whatever. That's why a lot of people are all about Jordan and his, his rings, because he didn't lose a bunch or whatever. I Lebr- don't care. You still won yeah. them. LeBron had uh, to play around a Cavs team that was absolutely terrible, <laughs> get them to the finals, and pretty much single-handedly try and win. You're, you're trying to tell me that the team with Derek Fisher and, like, old Derek Fisher, dead Dwight Howard, and um, – a couple of those guys that Kobe played with in 2000, 2010, 2011 and still took them to the playoffs post-Kobe Prime is worse than Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. Dude, Kobe Bryant literally was the only person in L.A. for like 12 years. They would bring in like Pau Gasol for five years and there'd be a tall guy to play with Kobe. And then there would just be, and a lot of people said it was because Kobe was selfish and like just I, it didn't matter. Kobe won games for the Lakers this by himself. This is way all too the time. long of a debate on this. I, know. I think we just need to toss it up in the air and say audible beers. The roster is not as devoid as talent as you kind of. You ain't gonna change my mind. LeBron's had talent around him. Talent has well, followed. They've all LeBron. had talent. Talent has I, followed but LeBron. People didn't go to LA to play with Kobe. I'm, I'm I'm passionate about Kobe being 
the best basketball player of all time. I can't wait. To one that. thing that was funny was that when LeBron went to LA, there was all these people saying that oh, LeBron, you know, LeBron's not going to bring people with him to LA. I remember that being like a big topic of conversation. I'm like, what? what are you talking about somebody's going to follow him to the Lakers? Yeah. All right. Well, once again, that's up to you guys. Please vote on our Twitter at TCRE Sports. Those polls will be posted very shortly. That brought to you by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's Freak Yeah. We're going to dive into the Hall of Fame where we induct three spring sports members into the most exclusive club in northern Michigan to give them a chance to uh, get a couple accolades in their spring sports season. I'll go ahead and take the lead on this one. I figured, you know, we did soccer, baseball, softball last week. I started thinking about our track stars because those are the guys who, guys and gals who might be able to get out running and kind of get with their team, especially if they're doing cross country in the fall. So I'm going to go with Leah Sox from Traverse City Central. She's headed down to Grand Valley State University after reading James' story and seeing what she did over her career. Definitely, I know she would have made some strides this year and um, would have impressed us, both at the record me and all that. So um, Leah Sox is my choice. What about you, James? I'll throw uh, Maggie Stevenson out there from East Jordan. Um, she was our our field athlete of the year last year. Um, you know, good thrower from East Jordan, and uh, probably certainly would have had just as good of a season this if year, and probably pretty likely to to repeat as that. So there you go. Yeah. Also going to go with one of your stories from this weekend, James. Uh, Olivia Richards overcame an injury heading to play college sports. That's always one of those cool stories. You it seems like we're hearing more often than not that. These college coaches are taking into consideration, you know, what seasons these kids would have had, especially with the pandemic sidelining them this year. Everyone's kind of on injury. It's almost like that, like, ghost season, you know, like almost if you're, like, playing, like, a racing video game and you have to, like, beat your best, like, your best runner, right? So they kind of just assume, like, hey, we'll take your last season, project into the season, and hope you will be just that little bit better. I think they're... And then we'll move, you know? Sometimes I feel like they're going to be way better when they come back. It's like the unknown when you take a gamble. But I've said this before, and I remember writing a column last summer. What these athletes do with their time off right now is going to be the biggest difference in the world. If there's kids who are just sitting around doing nothing, getting worse, they're going to get worse. If there's people who've been working... They're going to be better, and they have the time to get better right now. So use your time wisely, athletes. You know what that means, fellas. We are into our last segment of the day, the trifecta. We kind of got into this a little bit last week. Um, I know that Andrew kind of already put his answer in. I hope he comes up with someone different because I saw it on Twitter too. But I really like the What's question. What's wrong with my answer? Nothing, nothing. It's just that I've seen it twice now, but you're the one who made this question happen. So you can have your answer. Um what documentary would you like to see next? It doesn't have to be sports, um, but what, what what topic do you need to see covered in, a, in an in-depth format? Um, I've been thinking about athletes myself. Um, it's going to be quite a while, but I know I, I really am looking forward to the Kobe documentary because that has that that's going to have to happen eventually. I would think so. Oh, eventually, yeah, I mean, there will be a LeBron one. Oh yeah, but, but not yet because he's not done playing. No, and he hasn't passed away either. I mean, it took what twenty-five years for Jordan to get a documentary after he got done playing. And he's supposedly one of the greatest of all time. So it's mm-hmm. going to be a while. But, I mean, if we're talking about something that could happen soon, or not soon, but, like, put it in the works now, I still, to this day, want a full, like, documentary or 30 for 30 about the actual rivalry between Michigan and Michigan State University. Because they're, they're pretty good one. The, the, the amount of things that have gone on in the behind the scenes and, like, in the 160-year rivalry history... Like, is nuts. 
And I'm not going to go all the way into it here. I did, like, a whole research paper on it one time. So I was like, wait a second. It was, like, one of those rabbit holes that, like, just made my blood boil. But, like, I, I, I almost want to make the documentary and then just have it culminate uh, with uh, the 2015 Trouble with the Snap game. It would have been perfect. <laughs> um, I thought about it, and uh, but still, like, the, the documentary from 18, 1830 until uh, all the way up until now, I mean, the history goes so far back, and it's so deeply rooted that, like, almost nobody understands. So when people ask, why do people of Michigan State hate the University of Michigan so much? I can really tell you why. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like, oh, they beat us in some sports. That's all I can tell you. That is not why <laughs> it's like that. But uh, what about you, gentlemen? What type of documentary do you want to see? I mean, if you're going to do another MSU one, I think a cool one to do would be just to do, like, uh, uh, one on the Flintstones. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I mean, some of these have kind of already been done. I think a documentary on the bad boys would be good, but the 30 for 30 on them has already kind of been done. I mean, that's like a documentary. I'm not saying it has to be a 10-episode series or something, but definitely, I mean, I'd I'd take a two-hour movie. On the bad boys? Yeah. I think the Golden State Warriors, the recent Golden State Warriors dynasty would be pretty sweet. Seeing how they kind of put that together. Because yeah. that was that was a work that was a work of putting a team of young stars and having them make a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Durant coming there was the and, only time and, that a team came. They, they drafted all those guys. And, not, and they didn't draft them high either. No. And most of those guys were mid-first-round pick type guys. I mean, Draymond was end of the first round. I think Steph, Steph was Curry the was in the... Or third? Yeah, right. No, Steph was, Steph was in, like, the teens. Yeah, he was. In the okay. first round. He was the first round pick, but From he wasn't. Davidson, but he wasn't number one. He wasn't, like, he wasn't like a lottery LeBron pick or, or anything. Yeah, it wasn't LeBron or Michael or Clay anything. Thompson was, like, maybe top, back of the top ten. Okay. You know, I mean, so they they, they did their homework on this. Well, I think that context would be good for, for the, the new age. I feel yeah. like they can make it happen pretty easily. One that I think would be... It would be interesting to me. I don't know how much of a broad it aspect they would be. I would like to see a a documentary on the Buffalo Bills of the 1990s. The three straight Super Bowls that they Four lost. Four straight. Four, that's right. Four straight. Four straight Super Bowls that they lost. But, like, that's a – in the NFL, that's a dynasty. Yeah. To go to the Super Bowl four straight years. Yeah. And lose? And, but then lose all of oh, them. Oh, Bill Parcells. So this actually started with the Jeff Goodman tweet. That's what I initially replied to with my answer that I'm going to explain on the podcast. But, James, if there was the number one answer to if there was another 10-episode bioseries on another sports figure slash team, who would you choose? 1994 Buffalo Bills. Really? Yeah, you like I was about to bring that up as oh. some of the top answers, and you just randomly said it. I didn't figure that that would be a popular topic. 16 votes on that. I mean, but sometimes, like, that's the thing is that that's the type of stuff that, like, isn't talked about in, like, super-duper lore like the 96 to 98 Bulls were, you know? Everybody knows that Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman were there. They didn't get all the behind-the-scenes, but they knew about it. Dude, like, I can't tell you – I'm not kidding. I can't – I might be able to tell you one person on those Bulls teams – or Bill, on those Bills teams. I know who the coach was. I might be able to tell you one person who was on those Bills teams from 1990 to 1994, but I could tell you three-quarters of the rosters. Don Beebe? They're all coaches now. Ray Bentley? <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I, I'm just like, yeah, that's why I think people want to hear about it because nobody knows anything about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and that, and that was a dynasty. I mean, it's. How do you I, I know, I know so it's. Miserably. I know it's a. So it's a punchline because they lost all four Super Bowls, but damn, is that an accomplishment? Yeah. To go to four straight Super Bowls? What, you're playing 22 games a year? Yeah. In the age of free agency. 
even, you know, where it was harder to retain talent. Stuff. I mean, that was it was just incredible. So my initial answer to this is, well, Kansas guy, I clearly am going to pick that because I think that there's so much unknown about that era that if they did the, re- the same research and the same level of skepticism that they do with sports figures now with guys like Wilt back then, I think the ESPN Sports Science episode for him would be pretty remarkable. If it was out in the open. But I'm actually going to change my answer to a guy like Landon Donovan. Um, he was one of the first European soccer players to make his to step foot in the United States. And set a real precedent of guys coming from overseas and changing the MLS and soccer in America as a whole. Um, you're seeing the USL kind of turn into, which is the B League of soccer in America. There's a heavy international presence there now. And it kind of really started with Landon Donovan. But I, I like that. I, I I would I would watch that even though I'm not a soccer fan. I definitely would watch that type of documentary. I Landon Donovan's a, first season. I think that's a few pretty Wayne good Wayne Rooney was in D.C. this past year in the MLS. Uh, Pudio from Mexico. Oh, I also want to see the documentary on the City. cheating scandal for the Rockets. Or for the Rockets. Oh, for the Astros. For the Astros. Oh, that would be so good. Yeah, I want to see, I want to see that. Or just kind of the whole... St- baseball scandal deal but before we get any further this episode probably is going to be much longer than it should be so we're going to go ahead and cut it off at the legs like we normally do thank you so much for listening to episode 127 of the get around thanks again to josh burnham for joining us via telephone and don't forget to vote on our twitter for the greatest athlete of all time in the final four michael jordan versus tom brady kobe bryant versus LeBron james let it be known who you think is the best thanks for listening we'll see you next week